my goodness me. Here it is, predictable, well choreographed, perfectly rehearsed. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of season 2 of Grassroots, the leading podcast focused on the grassroots women's game. In this head-on-head contact of an episode, we hear about Jodie's latest injury and an update on the big bet. We also discuss the tangled web of inter-team relationships and revive the slowly withering carcass of Fantasy 15, this time with a World Cup focus. Our special guest interview is the amazing Gemma from Columpton Ladies in East Devon. Many of you will know her through her brilliant social media persona as The Prop Life. Molly is back, shares us up to her old tricks, and Jodie has very strong views about the props. 22 months out with a triple knee operation. She runs in, tries for five. I'm Lou. I'm Molly. And I'm Jodie. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. How's Jodie's gash? And there we are. Molly's back. (laughs) The gash that kept growing the more I made Joey laugh. (laughs) Bit of backstory first. We had a game at the weekend. We had a game at the weekend and I had a head on head and ended up with quite a big gash on my forehead. Right down the centre through my frown line. Probably say it's a good inch and a half. And it wouldn't stop bleeding and went to a and got it glued back up but people keep saying I look like Harry Potter so that's <laughs> nice <laughs> so you definitely got gash of the match then basically <laughs> no because I was off to A&E <laughs> thankfully Lucy absolute angel took me to A&E and waited with me and we had snacks in the vending machine just chatted rugby stuff for three hours I think it was in the end yeah watch the interesting people who came in to A&E Always a delight, isn't it? Being sat in a and seeing the waves and It's nice of you to stay with her. On a Sunday uh, afternoon. Geez, because I remember Lou and I dropped you off at A&E once, just dumped you and left you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, she yeah. just said that. Like, oh, I did tell Jodie this story. You're doing better than me. I ended up with Stitches and Matt and Lou just literally abandoned, gave me a bag of Harry <laughs> and said, you'll be all right, duck, and left me. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I don't think it would have been fair to leave Jodie because we were in hospital somewhere near Liverpool. So (laughs) maybe not best to leave her there on her own. (laughs) We thought we had to get stitches and apparently Whiston's like the best plastics in the Northwest. Like, let's go there. You just need glue. I could have known Leighton. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie, you took advice from Chobbs for this. Yeah, that's where we went wrong. Hobbs told us to go there because her mum was working and she would fast track oh us. God. Yeah, well, we got Does there. No, Hobbs's mum had finished for the day by the time we got there and <laughs> fucked off and we were stuck then. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Making small talk with a woman who'd had her finger bitten off by a dog. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that beats your nail through the hand story, Molly, that to have yeah. your hand bitten off by a dog. Yeah, that's pretty grim, to be honest. She was pretty happy about it. Big win on Sunday then. Sounds like a good game. Woo! Captain Molly, how was it? A challenge, I think, because we always know that Manchester play very similar rugby to us. So pretty much like for like back moves, like for like pods. And previously, they'd absolutely trounced Didsbury. I don't know if you saw the Instagram videos. Mm. They were, no offence to Didsbury, tragic. It looked <laughs> like they'd lost all use of their arms. You know, by saying no offence, it doesn't mean that it's still not offensive. Well, no, I don't mean offence like by it. I'm just, no, no, I'm not meaning offence by it. I'm just being brutally honest. They were dog shit. And, <laughs> you know, like, fair enough. 
Like, it wasn't them who posted the videos, but we've all been there when we've played an absolute shocker. And I don't think Didsbury will want to remind themselves of that. That being said, one of the players on the Manchester teams, uh, Rapid, and she's what Georgian Indy used to do for us, just run through people. But we man-marked her on Sunday and we basically had like two or three people on her at nice. each time. So she couldn't get run in. I think she got one try, but the week before she got five. And everyone just really dug deep and played really well. And yeah, it was great. Really good feeling. And we stuck at it because we've all been there before at Manchester where we were like, three points up and it slipped away but we were resilient and obviously I had Katie barking orders at us telling us to get fucking fucking moving so <laughs> yeah it, no it was really good and obviously Jess was our new vice captain she's a really calming influence especially on me and yeah it just worked really well and everyone was really happy so it was a great weekend because we had the magpies on Friday as well I absolutely loved the magpies game on Friday no oh, me so too. for the millions of listeners the magpies is our development team so you could call it a second team I suppose but it's really very much the team that we've put together to give brand new players a bit of game time or those that are maybe playing rugby a bit more casually this year or whatever and they played a game against Keel Uni on under lights on Friday Keel brought a proper full-on full bean squad didn't they they had mm. loads of subs coaches supporters the lot um, they also had, had youth, how many players Patty. they had youth they had youth and exuberance Against Asian treachery. Energy Every single shit. one of them was younger than what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we had a select 15 plus some subs ranging from people a bit older, people very new to the game, people play their first game. How many players had their very, very first game on Friday? Uh, five, their starting I think, in total. Coach Jody, shouldn't you be answering that? Well, that was my next point, really. As a debut coaching role, Jody, from the sidelines, no yeah. boots or nothing. I've seen better, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a development game for both the team and myself. That is how I shall say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your roles that I think are a given as a coach, right? First of all, is things like the halftime snacks, knowing where they are for a start. I didn't know that. No one told me, no one coached me on being a coach. This, they didn't tell me this in the level two coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware. You've been to a level two coaching session? Yeah. Goose and Jody are both doing their level two course, right? So we were like, yeah, great. These two can do the magpies and I can finally hand them over. It was meant to be a development game for both players and coaches. And obviously Goose and Jody are doing their level two, which is amazing. But like Jody said, they don't teach you all the shit that you actually have to do on your level two. So like when we were doing subs, oh, I have to do that. Yeah, all the stuff that you have to No, that you genuinely wouldn't think no, of in no. your first game as coach. And not. Oh, I've got to manage injuries. Oh, I've got to think of who's going on in the split second if someone comes off and oh, I've got to plan the warm-up, oh, where's the ref? All those things that we just naturally do that because we're so used to it. And I think if you wrote down everything that you do as captain, coach, team manager or whatever, people would actually be shocked at the amount of stuff that you do. Totally, yeah. The thing that I couldn't get over was like, how many pockets you need to have as a coach? I mean, literally, the amount of people come up to you go, oh, come, oh Matt, can you just put my Garmin in your pocket. Oh, I've, you know, I forgot to take my earrings out. Can you put them in your pocket? Don't lose them because my grandma gave them to me on a deathbed. You know, oh, here's my dog lead. Can you look after this? Oh, here's my three-year-old. Can you just keep watching for the first half an hour? I think you we've know. all been guilty of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Not the three-year-old, no. but giving you stuff to hold on to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like rotating subs, JD, would probably still fall under the level two coaching, surely. <laughs> well, I didn't mention it. And I realised now afterwards that I wasn't there to watch the game. I was there to coach it and I completely forgot about this. So I was just 
going to my natural instincts of being on the sideline. Oh, let's observe. This is fun. And then one minute it's like, yeah, Jodie, uh, we did have an injured player. It's all right. We've sorted it. This sent someone on for you. It's like, oh, okay. Sorry about that. Good game though, isn't it? I, was, I don't know what's going on. But now I know. Now I've had some bullet points. I'm aware. It's a lot to sort of remember and take in. But come the next game in November, I should be a little bit more screwed on. Goose is not there as well, so she's abandoned me again. Sorry. Hey, hey, look, you had me on the pitch in this game. There wasn't a lot I could do in that respect. I did feel sorry for you, especially when at one point you were doing subs and we ended up with 14 players on the pitch, not 15. (laughs) And we were frantically (laughs) trying to count to 15 and nobody on the pitch could count to 15. And so yeah it's quite interesting I think one of the supporters actually shouted in you've only got 14 players on the pitch and we all went oh hang on better find someone else to come on then <laughs> I don't actually remember this <laughs> it was that like the so last quarter or something I'd lost plot oh, by that it? point yeah. I think at the start every five minutes I was counting the team because someone made me like super paranoid about it I kept counting I was like two four and you kept fucking moving I was like two four six two four six eight two four six and I couldn't count to 15 because you kept moving so it's not my oh, I don't know pass the book off to someone else <laughs> sorry it was a great still. day though it was fantastic I absolutely loved it when a player that's never played the game before goes on and scores four tries and actually looks like a worldie that was pretty impressive it was gorgeous <laughs> So, Katie, I hear you're involved in a big bet with Jodie. Yeah. How's it going so far? Well, how is it going, Jodie? You tell me. Because my, my biggest concern is I don't think she's actually going to fess up and tell the truth. How am I going to actually know if she's cracked? My issue is that I have a lot of faults, but my honesty, I'm always honest. Probably too honest sometimes. So, if I was going to have sex, to I would be tell fair, you. Yeah, you do I'm probably in detail. Cheated, you, so actually, I do. I'm expecting you to fess up if you crack. I mean, but, I mean cheap, but I'm not a liar. in all fairness, the recent photos of her on our Facebook page are enough to put anyone off. She'll be lucky if she gets laid by next Christmas, let alone this one. <laughs> so, Katie, I hope you're going to honour the uh, your side of the bet, though, if you do lose. 100%. I was hoping, like, Nipple when it comes to... Nipple all the way. When it comes to Birkenhead, after about Christmas, uh, sort of November time, we're not going to tell anyone, and then Birkenhead, we're both going to see the matching dress Yeah. Come on, like, yeah. who is it? Well, here we are into the World Cup now. A few games down. Have you been watching the games? What are your thoughts so far? Uh, yeah, I've been getting up at some God-on-earthly hours to watch rugby, which means I'm totally unproductive for the rest of the day after watching England at... What time was the first match? Was it like quarter to four in the morning or something stupid like that? But yeah, I've quite enjoyed watching Fiji play rugby, 15s. Because I've watched them on the seventh circuit, but they're just as crazy when it comes to the 15s in terms of offloads. Like, I'd be dead in the first 10 minutes if I played against Fiji because they just don't stop moving. It's ridiculous. How do you do that for 80 minutes of a game? I know, it's incredible, isn't it? The kind of basic skill level is just outrageous. And the kind of turn of speed, it's just that their ability to work through the set piece moves, isn't it, that usually they're undoing? Yeah. It, it, once they're up and fully fledged and playing on a level playing field in terms of funding and support they will be a force to be reckoned with because just some of the moves they play are just absolutely insane totally i'm going to say something controversial now though i thought england were pretty average against south africa i'd agree yeah, but we have our C team out for fuck's sake jesus like half our squad wasn't even in the 22 like let's be realistic we had no sunter emily scarrett was on the bench Granted, Molly Packer got a first game as captain, but if you look at that from our top squad, I don't reckon many people were even in the squad. 
Wow, Thank way you. to do a team talk there, Molly, bigging up the England squad. Like, sorry, yeah. sorry, lads, you're in the you're in the shit B team. You won't make you're, the A you're team. The but, you know. you're I said the C team, to be honest. No, you know, everyone's got to earn the place and earn the caps and stuff. And obviously, when you've got a team that you know you're going to pretty confidently beat, it's that time for people to get the opportunity to shine, isn't it? So, I th- I agree, they were bang average, but I would say that it wasn't our strongest squad. And if we had, it would have probably been over the hundreds. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right, Matt. I know I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, my observation was a lot of unforced errors and almost an arrogance about expecting just to click if they just play certain patterns and not reacting to what at times is quite a strong South African running threat. But it'd be a different gravy, I think, when they get into the quarters. Can we talk about the number nine situation? Because I'm really passionate about this. Yeah, go on. So, right, France and people have to pronounce the names because I can't France's two nines they've taken to the World Cup are married yeah so this is a found out this other day and it's just blown my mind because the relationship dynamics and how you'd be happy for someone and just yeah it crazy so the two nines that are competing for the same shirt in the World Cup and for the same country are married and obviously in a happy relationship how does that even work how does pillow talk work oh you got selected i didn't i feel shit you do you know what i mean like i just i can't process it that's crazy because like surely the whole point in training is if you're you know the number two you're trying to overturn the number one by smashing the shit out of them or outskilling them would you be at home going like oh let's put a bit of extra you know washing up liquid on the floor so they slip over <laughs> the kitchen and you know so i can take Just that undercook shit. this chicken yeah. Yeah. do you know what i mean like oh she's starting tomorrow let's give her food poisoning do you know what i mean like and obviously i know that that's not the case and they're very much in love and supporting of each other but like there must be a little bit inside them like fucking hell i wish i got selected do you know what i mean would they be trying to encourage them as well like if you figured out some sort of way of doing something better would you inform them or would you keep it to yourself would you try and make them a better player or just like nah i'll keep that under wraps i think think if you love somebody you would make them a better player and they probably work quite well together and and that probably makes their relationship even stronger granted they must have some trying times but the don't know is it the starting ones broken her leg and come home now oh no she come home yeah no the ginger one's the backup isn't she Alexandra Chabon and Pauline Bourdon. Yeah, Bourdon awesome. is the backup. Jodie's French is coming out again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it's Chambon, I think. Who... Chambon. I'm just looking at her stats on their, on their website, on their website, and it's, yeah, it's depressing to read, like, in terms of how fit and physical they are. <laughs> Where did they meet? I don't know. I feel like I really want to get involved and understand the <laughs> dynamics. I'm going to like, guess that they met through rugby. I'm just taking a wild stab. What, what, <laughs> yeah. Why did you say that, Jodie? <laughs> I, I, I get a feeling. She just, it just feels very rugby related, this relationship. Maybe they met each other in a coffee shop and like she, one of them introduced the other to rugby and then they'll feel even worse because now they're better than them at rugby. Like That's an awkward one, situation, yeah. isn't it? It's like the smart situation. The magpies introducing a little smart yeah. the game. Apart from they're not pies. sleeping with each other or married. Like, no, they no, are sisters, which is not even related. remotely comparable, I hope. Judy, what to know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I heard back to the Ed. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, actually, that's an interesting link into a, a subject that we were going to talk about but never got around to. And that is, like, inter-team relationships, isn't it? Because oh God. Like, ha- have there been any 
married couples. There must be married. Lee, wasn't no. there a married couple that were played at? Let me get this Echo right. Was Shaw. it Lee? Yeah, it wasn't. Sure was it was Lee? Or at Chester? Oh, yes, because Sherry said. Oh, no, at Chester. So, someone yes, shouted at Sherry was. to get your hands off my wife or something. Yeah. That was it. No, the, in the early days at Chester, and yeah, one of them, they both like happy playing rugby together and whatever, and married, all that. But one of them was the one that actually caused my ACL injury. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's how I remember. Bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah. But there's um, been quite a few inter-team relationships, hasn't there, within our squad that are generally quite short-lived. But there hasn't been too many dramatic fallouts, one I can think of. I mean, I feel like there's some we can't mention. Um, <laughs> well, but, like all of them. <laughs> yeah, like I don't really feel like this is a safe... Well, yeah, I really don't think we should. You know, This I've isn't the same place. No, I've just offended the England C team, so I don't want to offend my own team. But it's weird because me and Jodie were talking about this on um, Friday night when we were at Kennedy's and we were saying it's really not advisable to get into a relationship with someone involved in the rugby team. But when that's all you do or rugby club in general, when that is your only hobby outside of work, where else do you meet somebody? Yeah, I think it becomes a little bit inevitable, doesn't it, when that's the case, yeah. I did say that we need to stop shagging all the male people who are joining the team. Every single captain. <laughs> what's this, what's, what's this with the we? we, Brody? What's with the royal we? Maybe have shagged me. <laughs> what's page rages? We. Well... <laughs> The royal we. I didn't want to say I because it's not me who's doing it or they. I didn't want to point anyone out. Certain individuals. <laughs> Certain individuals. Every single coach we've had in the last like five years has been shagging someone on the team. Well, any male person within the team is shagging someone on the team. And it's just how it happens. Can we stop that? Can we get someone who's gay or female? <laughs> but then you're shagging them. <laughs> <laughs> no, gay male. Get a gay male or a straight female. Yeah, but then you'll turn them gay. <laughs> so so what are the rules here so shagging inside the club as a whole are we okay with that so first team second team third team what, so, what are we talking hasn't somebody joined up all of the teams recently we won't name names of course what, i'm sure i had a conversation on friday about an individual that's managed to interpersonal get, get with first team second team third team what? i'm not sure about vets <laughs> we, we didn't no definitely not Colts Jody thank you I think Vets is probably a bridge too far is it you um, Matt no it wasn't me are you sure are you the gay yes. man of the club that we've been waiting for <laughs> just, yeah. I've just been ploughing my way through the men's team oh, no, no, oh. no but, but that's somebody <laughs> I'm not. I'm sure somebody said that happened. Yeah, yeah. We were outside in the. Uh, did you remember uh, who it on was? On the naughty step. Yeah, I do remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mention their name. Can of you course. post it in the chat, please? Yeah, you know who it is now. You know who it is. Do I? Do we? Uh, well, it's not yeah. me. I don't know who it is. <laughs> in terms of inter-team dynamics, does that affect anything? Is that are we okay with that? I think I think that's fair game, personally. Oh yeah, okay. of course. I think it's okay when it's like not the team you're training with every week and not the team you're playing with every week. So if it's like one of the women is uh, going at it with one of the first, second male team, men team, male men team, what's it like to be called? Boys? What's the politically correct men's thing to team. call them? What's it like it? Men's. Okay, so yeah, the men's team, that's fine because you don't see them. It doesn't make things awkward and there's no potential drama if anything goes south. 
The only issue I have is when relationships happen within the team, because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's any current relationships that are going on now. There always is. There's always a relationship. Not that I'm aware of. But if anyone ends up going with someone or anything longer than sort of a quickie, if it's a relationship, always one person disappears. Always someone has to leave. Well, I'm going to challenge that theory because I've never fucking left. Submit <laughs> 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 your money, you're black and white through and through, nothing will get rid of you. Yeah, so I'll challenge that I've never left. I think there's an important distinction here, though, which is when the relationship starts, isn't it? Because if it starts prior to a coach becoming a coach or a player becoming a player or whatever, then that's sort of fair game in a sense. So, for example, Ellen, she's obviously dating Aston, who's a coach. Yeah. Right? So that happened prior to the, the team, didn't it? So the challenge will come if that relationship breaks down at some point. I'm sure it won't. Podcast then, you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I shouldn't have said that out loud. But if that was to break down, then that becomes slightly awkward, doesn't it? But it's when there is a relationship that's formed in the kind of bosom of the team, so to speak. Excuse the pun. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> then you can't help it. Can't then, it's, then it's Over destined off. for for some sort of drama, isn't it? I think yeah. at the end of the day, as long as people are happy, that's all that matters, isn't it? And totally. like you says, you cannot stop people from kissing people on the team on a night out. You can't no. stop people from shagging people. You can't stop people from having Nor feelings for someone. And equally, I will never tell somebody not to do something if they may, if that makes it happy. And that's not just because of my decisions. That's because that's life and life's too short to be like, oh, I'm rugby, you know, I'm the captain, I can't do this because of that. Because actually, your life is more important than rugby, whether obviously people believe that my life is more important than my rugby. But do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to live your life forever. Rugby's here for however many years, and then you've still got your life. And I don't think I would ever stop somebody from doing something that made them happy. The bit that's difficult is if you betray a teammate or you aren't upfront and honest about your actions, or you do something behind someone's back, that's when it causes rifts and, and issues in the team. I think you're absolutely right, Mo. I think that professional conscious uncoupling, <laughs> to quote Gwyneth Paltrow, is what it's all about. Like, you know, adults should be able to go their separate ways, but still maintain the same friendship groups and hobbies without there being massive fallout. Obviously, there are some caveats to that because if the circumstances of the breakup are pretty severe or, you know, involve other people also in the team, whatever, that's pretty bad. But ultimately, you should be able to just get on with your life, but also play rugby. It shouldn't affect other people. It's just kind of the gossiping that goes on sometimes. But, you know, I don't think there's a team in the country, women's team in the country, that's not had something like this go on, I expect. You can't not. You spend two, three days, nights a week with the same people. Like, relationships going to happen. You know, we've had in our academy team, we've had parents get together because they spend every Sunday on the sidelines together. Do, do you know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's a common interest, a common love of something, and you're spending time with them. It's like if you lock someone in a room with somebody for three days, they'll either murder them or fall in love with them. Like, yeah. there's, there's no in-between. Yeah, and I think, Jodie, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you, it is problematic, but if it's dealt with in the right way and people Tyson. are mature about it, then... And also, you never know if the woman of your dreams isn't going to join the rugby team. And then I'll go, Jodie, remember what you said? You can't get with them because of rugby. You'll tell me to go fuck myself. It's just a personal view. I've had relationships 
brief relationships in the team before and it's only created issues and people have left disappeared and stuff like that and it's made a little bit of drama makes you feel comfortable because believe it or not I'm quite private about what I'm doing I weirdly so for me I'm really wary about getting into a relationship with someone who's on the team that's anything more than just a one night thing so Joe, interesting question right if you met somebody and you start dating them and they happen to be a player at another team or or whatever, and they suddenly decided that they'd like to join your team, how would you handle that? My instinct, if it was me, would be no. The funny thing is, it's sort of a similar situation happened recently in my head, sort of processing it. I would probably want to say no. If they're happy in their team and I'm happy in my team, obviously it's a nice interest to have uh, both liking rugby. I suppose if you want an extra person to come on, if you're low on numbers, I'd be happy for them to come along. But no, it's nice and good to have separate interests in a way uh, have your own life have your own friends have your own teammates and then we can join up on sort of nights out i guess and sort of meet each other but keeping the two yeah. things separate so that must be an absolute nightmare for those french players then because imagine how full on it is in the international setup that's what i mean it's crazy like we're talking about people shagging people on our team like this is like a full-blown marriage international level they do get paid don't they the french now goose i think they okay, do I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they do so this yeah. is their job so they work together that they live together and they must train together like where is the break yeah at that level that's their main job right so surely that's they're just working together and they live together i don't seem a massive problem with that no i've worked with no. people i've been in a relationship with before I think it's more for me the competing for the shirt. I'd rather than working yeah. and living together. It's not that. It's that desire and want of being a professional sports person to be the best and want your shirt more than anything. I would then feel a great amount of sadness that I'm taking away the thing that the person that I'm in love with wants more than anything to make me feel like I'm doing well. I think that's the thing that proper like bugs me about it. I don't know how they do it. No. Have you considered they might be playing the long game? One of them is thinking, I want that shirt. I'll fall in love, get married to them. And now I'm in close proximity to them. I can <laughs> fuck them over. I can sabotage <laughs> everything about them. Jody, people don't think as deviously as that, surely. Jody does. Jody yeah. does. Okay, we just I had really an insight into the, back in the, forwards, the so. deviant workings of your brain there, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not I for the first time. No, and not for the first time. Interesting. I'm joined today by Gemma, who is otherwise known as the Prop Life. So those of you that follow Gemma on Instagram will no doubt be aware of her various TikToks and various little videos that she's done. It's a brilliant one quite recently after coming to our grassroots festival in the summer. So Gemma, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Matt. It's great to be back here. And yeah, the grassroots tournament back in August was just so much fun I love being there I definitely think my favorite photo is the one of you running onto the pitch to hydrate the players and the referees with two pints of what I think was probably cider or one beer was it it was cider um I'm a Devon girl all the way through and it had to be cider I take my duties as hydration specialist very very seriously it had to be done properly I think it certainly went down well with the players although in the heat I think some of them might have needed some rehydration of the h2o kind probably after a few, 20 minutes of rugby in 30 degree heat 
Oh, honestly, yeah. As much as I, I do love a cider, I wasn't insulted when someone decided to go for a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> Although it did send me back to when I went on rugby tour oh, many years ago now and the clown who was injured, who was nominated as Waterboy, filled all the water bottles up with port. So I think oh. a glug of Devonshire cider is significantly better than a mouthful of port when you're at halftime gasping for air. You're not really on tour if you haven't had something gross in a water bottle, are you? This is true. So Gemma, tell me a bit about you anyway. Obviously the prop life is you know, fairly big and well known now within rugby circles. How did it all start and you know, what's your journey been in the game? So I started playing rugby in 2016 in Devon. I was 19. I come from a completely non-rugby family and I knew my first coach. He kept saying to me, come and try it. You'll love it. Come and try it. But every time I saw him for about six months, eventually I went, you know what, just to sh- shut you up, I'm going to come and try it. And I did one training session and just utterly fell in love with it. I had a big injury at the end of my first season. Um, You know the injury Abby Dow has had recently? Yeah. I did something very similar. Oh, my God. How did you manage that? It was honestly, it was a massive roller coaster for me. I almost lost my job. I almost lost my home because I didn't have insurance. Yeah, I went through a relationship breakup. It went through a really hard time in my life. But I eventually got back on the pitch and then COVID struck. And I found myself missing my rugby family, my rugby community more than ever. So I decided one day when I was lonely and bored in lockdown to start making TikToks just to try and bring a little bit of joy into the world. And I'm now really grateful to be at the point where nearly 20,000 people agree. Wow, 20,000. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of mouths to feed, isn't it? It must take up a lot of your time just responding to all the comments and messages and so on. You know what? I do really pride myself on the fact that I try to respond to every single message that I can on my on my videos I think it's really important that creators make effort to kind of respond to and engage with the people that are following them because they're choosing to spend their time engaging with you it's the least you can do back but yes I am lucky that it's now about to be my job wow that's amazing so going back to the injury then Gemma and the various things that happened around that time were they all linked to the injury do you think or was it just one of those awful periods of your life where everything just seems to constitute on top of itself Yeah, well, because of the injury, the guy I was seeing at the time broke up with me. I was in Devon, very far away. Yeah, amazing what happens when you're not conveniently in the picture. And (laughs) (laughs) I was put on sick leave, but obviously that doesn't cover the rent. My landlord refused to drop my rent, even though I wasn't living in the house or working. So I almost lost my home. Yeah, even though I wasn't using any electricity or water or anything. Yeah, I was on sick leave at work, but obviously... I was on a long sick leave. I couldn't wait there for, at all for eight weeks. And by 10 weeks, I was just rehabbing, walking on the leg. Um, I've got a metal plate in my leg permanently. So it was a journey back to fitness. And there was that conversation of, will you be able to do this job? And me being hand on my heart, which is the way I like to be, of I don't know what two months down the line is going to look like. And that was really, really hard. And I, you know, what I highlight or try to highlight is that aspects of the rugby community, the best of the rugby community came out when I needed them. But also at the same time, I do think there's an aspect for injured players. They can be very overseen sometimes, out of sight, out of mind. So I also set up a Facebook group that I call the Injured Players Squad. And that's still going. So anyone who's had an injury or wants to support injured rugby players a little bit better can go in there and just have a rant, ask about different people's experiences with injuries and just kind of find a little bit of support. That's brilliant, actually. Yeah, because we've had this topic come up a few times. You know, having been through nothing as serious as you've had, but an injury that kept me out of the game 
man, I miss the end of the season. And being honest, I never really went back to it afterwards for a variety of reasons. It can be a pretty lonely place, can't it? And not only do you feel the physical effects, i.e. the pain and discomfort, but you also feel that emotional thing of feeling like you're a spare part, feeling like you're no longer needed, I guess. Yeah, it absolutely, it trashes your mental health when the people you were seeing maybe twice a week are suddenly not there. And I think, like I said, it, it doesn't often come from a place of maliciousness. It just comes from a place of, you know, I haven't seen you. The weeks have flown by and suddenly I've blinked and it's been six weeks. But for an injured player, that's six weeks when you're shut in the house, not really able to move and in a lot of pain. It's a really long time to not have a check-in. That's what we do in the pages, really just encourage people to check in, to have a chat. And I'd always as well try to be really active with the players at my club that are injured. So I'll message them just be like, hey, how's your recovery going? It's those really small things that make a really big difference. Keep up the good work with the Facebook page, certainly. that's I've not heard of that. So yeah, well, if you send me over the link, I'll stick it in the show notes so that people can click on that and, and follow. I know we've had a couple of injuries just this weekend that I know will affect some of the players. So the more support you can get, the better. And also sometimes it's just sharing war stories and having a bit of a giggle about it as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, I'll be totally honest, I have been a bit more quiet with it recently since obviously the TikTok's um, taken over. But it's something I've kept in the background because you just don't know when people might need it. You know, we obviously are very clear that it's not medical advice. And if you've got any concerns, obviously go straight to your doctor. But just having someone go, yeah, do you know what? I've torn my ACL and it does absolutely suck. And I'm here for you if you need that. And that can be just as healing as having someone going a very ingenuine like, oh, you'll be back soon. You might not be back soon, but actually I've been through it too. It sucks, but hopefully you'll be back to doing something fun soon. So tell us about the TikToks then, because the ones I've seen of yours, the thing I love more than anything else is the authenticity. You're not frightened to send yourself up a little bit. You know, I've seen you put some pictures on there where you've obviously had to gird your loins, so to speak, before posting because you're anxious about showing too much of yourself and so on. And that authenticity and that realness really comes through. So talk me through your approach to it and where the ideas come from. Thank you. Well, I've struggled massively with things like body image and self-confidence and bullying as a teenager. Yeah. And actually, I realised growing up as an adult that that was probably when I most needed rugby and didn't have it. And I realised that the audience that is on TikTok quite a lot is my younger self. So I always aim for my page to be a little, it's a diary and a note and a, a love letter to my younger self, really. It's, hey girl, this is what you needed. So you didn't have that, but hopefully maybe 20,000 other girls can have that. I also realised that the pandemic was an opportunity to kind of reach more women that had never heard of rugby. And so I just started doing like, hey, come and try training. Come and see what rugby is like. I was really pleased that those videos did well. I also found that coming to rugby from a completely non-rugby family and a non-rugby culture, there are a lot of things about rugby that I didn't know. And obviously everyone was really great in explaining things, but there were silly things like I didn't know how to plait my hair for a game day. So I've done videos on how to, how you can plait your hair in different ways for a game. I've done videos on how to like clean your boots and how to change your studs and all these little things that I didn't know, but I can now pass on. And they are little things, but they make people feel like they come in knowing a little bit more of what they're doing. Um, it removes a barrier to sport for a lot of women as, as well as talking things about things like periods as well, normalising those conversations. The more these conversations are normalised, the better. We have a recurring theme, for example, on the pod around shower etiquette and about being in a room full of 
you know, women in various states of undress can be, do terrible things for your sense of body confidence, but actually it should be the opposite. It should be exactly the kind of place you want to realize that you're not alone. People are different and all, and all that kind of thing. So the more that's out there, the more we tackle it in a frank and well, funny way, the easier it's going to be for people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you're saying about like, you know, I'm not scared to lay into myself a little bit because if I lay into myself, other people can't really lay into me very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm aware that if I make the jokes about not being able to catch a ball no one else can make them at my expense but also <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself a little bit what are you doing you've got to be able to have that kind of humor to it and I think that's where the, the really visual aspect of TikTok really comes through. One of the challenges that I find I have with the podcast is the idea of having to come up with new content constantly. And we've got, you know, usually a couple of weeks between episodes. The rugby world moves fairly fast. You can normally come up with an idea, but it is consistently challenging to produce something that's that's interesting, different, unique, whatever, and do it with such frequency. With TikTok, it's digested in seconds yeah. as well, isn't it, compared to Absolutely. a podcast. You know, our episodes are an hour, hour and a half sometimes. So it's a real event for people to listen, but they'll listen to it. And then the first reaction is, okay, when's the next one out? You know, how do you keep on top of that freshness and keep yourself from either doing things that are repetitive or actually like mentally struggling with the worry of what put out next? I think I'm harsher on myself than anyone is on me. I have been so lucky this year. Obviously, we've had an incredible year for women's sport. Um, We've had the Women's Six Nations. We've had the Lionesses. And now we've got the Rugby World Cup. So these events, they give me content before I've even picked up my phone because they're just such incredible events. And then it's my job just to go, hey, these events are happening. Get your girls, get your daughters watching this. Mm. And then we've got events like the Premier 15s. We've got local rugby. But again, I try to just intersperse what's going on, what's current with a little bit of, the again, the things that I needed and the things that I wanted to know when I first started rugby a little bit of humour as well, because that's always what my content is, is just trying to bring a bit of a smile to people's faces and just trying to keep it fresh and fun. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work very well. But (laughs) (laughs) overall, I've been, you know, I've been really lucky. And I've got such an amazing following as well. Like my followers are just the nicest people. They come to say hello when I'm at Sandy Park now as well, quite a lot of people. And at first it really freaked me out because my, my brain forgets that anyone actually watches my videos. I'm like, oh yeah, I made a little TikTok, ha ha. But then when people come up and they're like, I've been following you for two years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it is really strange that we had the same experience at the Grassroots Festival because we live in our little bubble up here in South Cheshire. We still approach the podcast as if it was sitting around the table having a few beers after a game. That's very much the the theme and the feel we want from the podcast. So when we arrived there and people coming up to us and saying, hey, you're Matt, you know, and just reminding us of things that we've said or done on the pod, it was bizarre. But we're not putting ourselves out there physically the way you are. I mean, how do you keep that sort of sense of positivity? I'm sure there's times where you've maybe had a bad day, you feel a bit anxious in yourself, and you've got to put on that sort of armour, if you like, to go and actually be out in public or virtually. How do you sort of prepare for that and make sure that you stay on top of your own mental health through it? That's such a great question. So I do pre-record some videos if I hear a sound that I like or I think that's funny. Um, I do have days, especially days when I'm feeling more productive, where I might record a couple of videos just and save them in my drafts. Those are great for the days when I don't mentally feel like recording because I can just, I've got something I can pop up if I want to. And that really helps. I do also find that I used to post every day, but actually 
not posting every day is so much better for my mental health in a lot of ways as well because that lessens the pressure so I'm trying to come up with increasing the quality of my content rather than just the quantity sometimes it is it is hard and I do find like I love going to big events and stuff but sometimes that imposter syndrome comes through and you're like I'm stood there next to Hugo Monnier, you know, just me, Gemma, a very standard prop from Devon. Like, what is going on in my life? Yeah. <laughs> That's when you have to kind of, you, you shut down that voice and go, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm here because I love what I do. I'm here because I bring joy to people. And that's the kind of voice that you have to have overriding. Absolutely. The thing I definitely found, again, at the festival was being around you and Steph and Victoria and um, Garnet. The thing I found was, that I was you know, fairly in awe and felt a little bit of an imposter like you did to some degree. But what bound us all together was the same mission, which is yeah. an absolute love of the sport, a love of the people in the sport, and each our own little way are contributing to growing the game. And if you kind of focus on that and keep trying to you know, do stuff that you enjoy and makes people laugh, then it'll just keep going, won't it? Absolutely. And that's the thing. We're all here with a love for rugby. We're all here with a passion for kind of an overall underlying kind of the same moral values really when you break it down and I think that that is no matter how you go about it that underpins everything and I think that that is really important to maintain that's why I did my hashtag WAWR we are women's rugby to try and highlight the best of grassroots rugby just before the world cup and that's had such an amazing response we've had teams kind of posting up photos and showing stories of their players um we I worked with the lovely Jade from Chard Ladies who's a firefighter a mum and a rugby player oh wow yeah incredible to get her on the um, pod. Harriet who's a nurse and also a rugby player lots of different people from different backgrounds to kind of demonstrate also the versatility and the variety of both rugby women and the rugby community we always say that through rugby you meet people that you wouldn't otherwise meet in real life Oh, entirely. I like I have been so lucky to meet so many incredible people, both at the top levels, but also I've met my best mate at my first club and we're still best mates six years of horribleness on. So <laughs> I wouldn't change that. Who's your biggest inspiration then for what you're doing at the moment? Oh, that's a really great question. I get inspired by a lot of different people in different ways because obviously content creation and stuff is a very new sphere. There haven't been people doing it for 20 odd years, if that makes sense. So no. I love Steph Evans. I think she's just a such an intelligent, articulate human being. I think Rugger and her branding is so cool. Yeah, she just always brings an intelligent voice to the table. And I always kind of want to add to the argument in a positive way as well. Yeah. She doesn't take herself too seriously either, Steph, which is something I love about her. You know, no. you do find, <laughs> don't you, within the the online sphere, it can be yeah. very image-based, can't it? And I think that gives negative messaging. Absolutely. As women, we are pressurised and we're so often told like we should be we should be smaller, we should be thinner, we should be weaker, we should be more pliable, we should be more palatable. And if mm. that's anything that I, especially over the last year, I'm wanting to use my platform to kind of show is that women don't need to be weak. They don't have to be skinny. They can be strong they can bring a firm voice to the table you can just be you which for a girl who was born in a body that is slightly outside of what the beauty standards want you to look like that's so important and it's such an important message for girls going onwards you definitely see people through rugby going on that journey where they start to accept the body they've been given 
yeah. and start to actually celebrate what it can do rather than what it can't do. Absolutely. And that's why another person I really admire and I kind of look up to is Simi Pam. Yes. So Bear's prop. She's just, again, brilliant. She's m- mad strong in the gym, but she's also just, again, so intelligent. I've been learning so much about her, about Black History Month and everything from her. That's times when, again, I need to be quiet and I need to listen and learn and share when I can proactively. Also, obviously, Shauna Brown. I will always say Shauna because I think the inspiration that she gives young girls and I think the role model that she sets for young girls is just, there's nothing like it. I said a couple of years ago in the first ever interview that I did in a world of Kardashians, we need more Shauna Browns and I stand by that. Yeah, 100%. What's been your biggest pinch me moment then? I was stood in France at the England v France game at the Women's Six Nations finale and the England squad were to my left about 20 metres on the podium with the photo and the streamers were flying over my head and I sent a video to my mum going mum look where I am and I was stood there with like the president of the RFU the CEO of the Six Nations and these streamers are coming over my head and it was just one of the most amazing and most insane moments of my life. <laughs> wow, I love that. That's amazing. What about rugby as a sport then? You're still playing, Gemma? I am, yes. I'm playing at Clumpton, so we're based just on the outskirts of Exeter, East Devon. We play in Women's Championship 2. I've got bad memories of Clumpton. <laughs> my team played Clumpton in the final of the Intermediate Cup, I think, a few years ago. And we'd worked really hard to get there. And yeah, you taught us a lesson that day. It was a great game, actually. It was good fun. But there's a couple of players in the Clumpton team that were really quite special. So it was a great, actually, that was a reference point we used for two years to try and get us up to the standard to finally win the cup a couple of years later. So yeah, great club. Oh, that's amazing. It's such a a team that works so, so hard. We've got such talented players as well. And what's really been quite exciting is over the last season or so, We've been linked as a kind of wider club for Chiefs. So the Exeter Chiefs wider squad have been coming and having some game time with us, which again, just adds to your learning and Mm. it makes you kind of as a grassroots player realise what that step up looks like and how much commitment. They are so driven. Those girls, I admire them all so deeply. They are such consummate professionals, even when they're not paid professionally or treated professionally. So what would you say rugby's given to you then, Gemma? I mean, it's given me so much. It's given me my my best friends. It's given me a love for my body, an appreciation as well that I never had before, an understanding that despite what 10 years of bullying told me, I'm not fat, I'm powerful. Yeah. And I mean, a career, <laughs> a community. It's given me absolutely tons and it's given the opportunity to do better. I was always taught, do your 1% to do better for the sport. As a, as a women's player, particularly, we have to do our 1% to do better. What's your 1%? Is that sharing a post on Facebook? Is that bringing your friend to training? And I'm lucky that my 1% you know, is able to be quite a significant 1% now. I love that. That's such great advice, isn't it? If you could change one thing then, if you, you, know, if you look, look at the game in its current form, at the grassroots level, if you could just change one thing, if you could wave that magic wand, what would it be? Oh, that is a great question. Do you know what? I think we are experiencing such an incredible growth phase in grassroots rugby for women in rugby. Even in the you know five odd years that I've been involved in rugby, I'm seeing less incidents 
of misogynistic behaviour. I'm seeing less incidents of women being denied facilities. I think it's just still that last little couple of percentage of when I'm told stories about women, you know, not having kit that fits right or not having kit. And I'm like, it's 2022, you know, <laughs> it's 2022. We don't need to be having these battles anymore. I would wave my wand and fix those last 5% of issues. And I think in my own way, I'm trying to do that. So all the money from my merch goes back into helping grassroots rugby. And so far, we've part funded a kit for a women's team. And we funded a tackle pad for another team that are working on improving their tackling and all of the money when it affects those grassroots players I'm looking at in a warrior level to really help those women's team get a kind of foot on the ladder. Those little things make such a difference. We've been very very lucky to have Halbro on board working with the podcast and they've given a brand new kit to to Launceston that you saw on the grassroots festival day. They've Amazing. given some sh- yeah it's a fantastic kit. They obviously gave us a kit for for our Nomads team and they also gave a full set of shorts to a team up in Dundee and those teams have been so incredibly grateful and it seems nothing to a company that's as successful as Halbro, yet the impact it has at the grassroots level is massive. These little sponsors that come in, and even if it's just a few hundred pounds, just to kind of get things going or buy some balls or something, it's not about being grateful so much. It's about it's meeting basic needs sometimes, isn't it, for clubs? Truly. And again, I've been able to use my platform. So one of the local teams was struggling with having balls for training, such a small thing but they were struggling and they didn't have much funding to be able to get new ones. So I just put a post on my Instagram going, hey, if you see this, there's some rugby balls on my Amazon wish list. If you're able to help out, I'd be really grateful. And we had balls come in and these women were able to actually train. And it's not virtue signaling. That's the point. It's when, like how TikTok didn't just invest in the Women's Six Nations for one year, they've done it for four years. And that's beyond virtue signaling. That's a long-term investment. And this is what we need for women's teams is, you know, companies not just virtue signaling, not just saying, you know, we're involved with a women's team. Okay, put your money where your mouth is, put that into actions yeah, and just give them a step on the ladder. Absolutely. And it doesn't need to be a massive multinational conglomerate. You know, it can be a local pub or coffee shop or a small manufacturer in the town. I'm sponsored by by my gym this year, Nordic Power, just based on the outskirts of Honiton. And, you know, that's a small gym with a small membership, but great vibes. And that was something that obviously, despite my platform taking off, and even last year when my platform was kind of moderate, I really wanted to make sure my season sponsor was someone local. So again, that I could impact back on them, but it highlighted the impact they were having on a women's player locally in the community. And that's a perfect example. I, you know, I talk about the power of male advocates, particularly, because I can harp on and I can talk about women's rugby all day, but men do really listen to other men. And so men setting the example of I sponsor a female player or I run a podcast and we have female guests. It's those things that are little actions, but they speak loud volumes. Totally. Great. Well, listen, Gemma, I'm so glad that it's all going well for you. It sounds like a great journey. I wish we had a little bit more time. You'll have to come on again and perhaps talk a little bit more about the the early part of your journey because that sounds really relevant. So I think you know, definitely that. see some girls that come through our junior section and that's probably the biggest concern I have about the game at the moment is the number of girls dropping out of sports in those early stages of their teens. And those are the years where they're most vulnerable, isn't it, to bullying, to body image issues, to societal pressures and, of course, schooling. Absolutely. And that 16 to 18 pathway is so, that's the one, unfortunately, where we see such a massive drop off. And that's the one where I'm trying, again, in my own way, by normalising things like 
periods or just being around women or answering questions about women's rugby I'm trying to bridge that gap a little bit it's something we've done really well at Clumpton this year we've had the girls that were going to be coming into under 18s train with us once a month for the last three or four months of last season and we've retained I think it's something like 10 at least which is a fantastic figure that's amazing Congratulations on that. All the best for the season down at Columpton. I hope you're going to have a, a good run and I hope everybody listening to this will get onto TikTok and Instagram and, and give the Prop Life a follow. We'll stick all the various links in the show notes and also a link to some merch. I saw some of it down in Exeter and it's uh, I love your design. They look pretty cool. Thank you. Again, so trying to use my platform for good, that's all handmade and hand printed by a friend of mine who is a rugby girl that I used to play with. So yeah, it's all ethical and local as well. It just ticks so many boxes. Stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref. I'm one of those people, I'm fairly tall, fairly broad, but I'm actually very, very, very peaceful. I get mistaken for looking very aggressive, especially because I think I have a resting, angry face. <laughs> and <laughs> the best people do Gemma this <laughs> one ref just seemed to not take a shine to me from the moment I stepped on the pitch for whatever reason I don't understand why really but he stood in front of me two or three times in defense when I was trying to press up and it was a genuine error but I basically I was focusing on where the ball was and where the defender was and as I looked left to look at the ball and defender he had stepped in front of me from the right and I accidentally completely like, knocked him flying. Um, so, so you actually tackled a referee? No, not even tackled. Just ran into him accidentally. Yeah, possibly a shoulder charge if you're feeling mean. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had a no-arms tackle, basically. Head height, you took out a referee. He was it just minding their own business. It was an accident. And thankfully, I hadn't <laughs> taken much of a run-up. I'd taken about two strides and just boshed him up. He was not the biggest gentleman and I did seriously apologise, but it was quite like slightly entertaining because we'd seen him stand in front of me at least twice at that point on the footage and I'd politely asked him before and it was, yeah, as much as it was a genuine accident, it was quite entertaining. <laughs> Perfect. Listen, Gemma, it's been absolutely amazing having you on. Really enjoyed chatting. We should chat for longer, uh, but I've got to take my son to training, ironically, 10 minutes ago. So, <laughs> so I'm going to have to run. But um, yeah, listen, thanks for that. Let's definitely try and do something again at some point because I think your story is really relevant to some of the stuff we've been trying to cover. So um, yeah, we'll have to you know make sure we um, coordinate diaries at a time when we've got a bit more, a bit more time ahead of us. I'd love that. I'd really love that. He's being hunted down by a pack of three. Running towards the touchline, shuffled into the touch. Not entirely sure. This is Fantasy 15. We start redo rather the infamous Fantasy 15. Yeah, this is quite hard. It was hard, wasn't it? I got, actually got some notes in front of me this time. Normally, I just do it off the top of my head. So this is the thing. So we wanted to do a World Cup themed Fantasy 15, and we're just going to start with a tight five. So that's both props, hooker, and the second rows. And the teams we're going to go for were Italy, Canada, and South, South Africa. Africa. So the rules were anything goes apart from mythical creatures, Jodie. So have to be females of note from those areas, which meant that we had to kind of do a bit of research. Mm. I found it quite hard. How did you guys get on? Awful. There's no one who's famous in Italy that hasn't died in the last 300 years. They, do, yeah. they can be dead. It's fine if they're dead. Yeah, none of them look like front row, though, either. They're all at least backs. 
what did Jodie Google? Because I came up with a couple of Italians and a couple of South Africans, but yeah, it, it was hard. I just Googled famous Italian women. So I gave up and just went with Canada because it was easy to find Canadians. So let's go with Italy first then, because that's probably one of the harder ones, wasn't it? Yeah. I found it difficult. So I, I kind of tried to think outside of the box a little bit. What, what have you guys got? So I came up with Donna Versace, who Ooh. is obviously head of a big fashion brand. And I figured she'd probably be pretty fierce because they're pretty hardcore, aren't they? In the, I don't know much about the fashion yeah. industry, but I guess it's pretty doggy dog out there, isn't it? I came up with her because I thought she would be pretty hardcore and I by the looks of the photos of her I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her she looks pretty intimidating and pretty scary like it isn't she basically made of plastic though yeah but that means that she won't get injured she won't be a flake will she because people just bounce off her <laughs> there's you know <laughs> we have too many people dropping down with injuries that we need someone who's indestructible and so if she's made of plastic then she should survive 80 minutes of rugby in the front row which is pretty handy to have Interesting. So I've got a good one here. Whilst there were lots of interesting female people from Italy that have done interesting things, I couldn't really think of how they might fit into a rugby team. But I did find one. The name caught my eye because her name is Tratula de Ruggiero. And Ruggiero reminded me of rugby, obviously. So what was interesting about her was she was born in the 12th, 13th century, so a very long time ago. And she was the world's first female gynecologist. And I think every rugby team, given the amount of discussion we've had about flaps and so on, could do with a, with a gynecologist. And she was also the very first person to understand how opium could be used to alleviate the problems of childbirth. And again, the number of stories that have come into the squad from people that have been through having children, I think she could be pretty useful to the team. And she seems like she's generally pretty badass, stood up to the church, stood up to the medical community and generally bossed it. Do you think we could update her tools, though, so that she hasn't got 12th century gynecological tools? Because <laughs> Do you know what? That's a good point, yeah. I imagine they're pretty fucking painful in themselves, to be fair. So, yeah. Let's just update her kit so that she's more up to date in that respect. We'll put her on some NHS training courses to yeah. refresh in her skills. Yeah. But tell her to bring the opium because, you know, we need we need painkillers. So that'd be good. Yeah, so bring nice. loads of opium, definitely. <laughs> Put down the pincers or whatever it was you were using in the 12th century and we'll give you some modern kit, but you're in, Sounds definitely. Like Jodie, did you find anyone from Canada? I did. I found two potential people from Canada. So Sandra Oh, you may know her from, She's from Killing Eve, series she? such as Killing Eve. Was she Grey's Anatomy as well, I believe? Yeah. I didn't realise she was Canadian. I didn't no, either. I didn't. I was researching, and my second would be Katie Lang. Katie Lang, she is she Canadian? Apparently so, according to the internet. Isn't she pretty small and a bit mental though? Hooker. Yeah. Holland's <laughs> yeah. a bit small and a bit mental, so she probably fits right. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I found an interesting Canadian as well. A lady called Sarah Nurse. She's a, a really prominent ice hockey player, and ice hockey players are nutters, basically. Yeah. They're probably as tough, if not tougher, than rugby players. And Sarah's really interesting because she's like a massive advocate for women in sport and diversity and so on. Oh, she's cool. got quite a big profile in Canada, so she was pretty cool. But they're psychos, aren't they? Because they've got a weapon. They're like rugby players, but with a weapon, basically, with the stick. Yeah. And they have people who are like enforcers, don't they? They send people in they, just to have a fight. But they lose points for me because of all yeah. the kit they wear. But then it's cold, so you've got to stay warm. Do you know what I mean? If you're wearing a massive helmet and gloves, but like if you're wearing all that gear, the fight's pointless. You might as well be punching each other with sponges. 
I mean, if you're going to have a massive fight, at least like give them proper weapons. If it, you know, weapons that are going to damage the kit that they're in. I don't know, broadswords or something. I feel like we should find an ice hockey team who will pad you up and then simulate a fight so that you can tell us on from that side. (laughs) (laughs) What position would you put her in then? I think second row probably, because she's going to be probably quite big. Particularly if she's got ice skates on, she's going to be a bit taller than most, (laughs) isn't she? Might be a bit difficult to run in the mud. Oh, imagine that uh, boot check with the ref. (laughs) He slides his hands over them. Back row, if you've got somebody in front of you in the scrum who's got bloody skates on. Oh. You're going to get a new gash all of your own then, aren't you? Oh, it would. The extra definitely. gashes all around. <laughs> gash, for you, got the, gash uh, for you, gash for you, gash for you. You've got the Italian gynecologist on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, definitely. Well, South Africa was surprisingly hard. How did you get on with South Africa? No, I've only got the one, and it's uh, Winnie Mandela. Oh, that's who I was going to say. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> There's not that many. Notorious ANC troublemaker responsible for terrorist activity prior to Nelson Mandela's release. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done research as well, Matty? Yeah. Embezzling millions of pounds of South African money. Yeah, I think should be. Good role model. Like (laughs) funny behaviour for your front five, you know, a little bit of a terrorist, you know, on the pitch. An actual terrorist. Not actual terrorist, no. Disclaimer, not actual terrorist, just on the pitch. (laughs) Terrorising. She could probably take a hit, though, couldn't she, Mandela? Yeah. She'd be probably. How about you, Goose? You find any any South Africans? Well, no. Jodie just took mine. I was going with Winnie Mandela because she's pretty fierce. From what I've read about her, she's, yeah, she's a force to be reckoned with. So I want to throw in somebody called Natalie Dutoit. Yeah, Who's she's she? pretty badass, right? So she's a swimmer. She's a champion swimmer at 50 metres and 100 metres. And, and she's one of the very first women to actually win a major championship from South Africa. Now, the interesting thing about Natalie is she's only got one leg oh. and she beats a lot of able-bodied people. She was oh, wow. seriously, seriously fast. Admittedly, having a one-legged rugby player isn't the best idea in the world. But she sounds like she's pretty full on. She couldn't be hooker then, could she? She couldn't be hooker. Well, it depends on which leg's, legs missing, really, doesn't it? Yeah, but you can't hook with one leg. You, if you can't stand on the other one. No, this is true. But she'd be quite light to lift in the line out, wouldn't she, though? Yeah, that's true. We're going to have to keep telling us to put her legs together because she's only <laughs> got one. <laughs> Are you talking about playing rugby, Jodie, or are we back in that relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I meant in the jump, keeping her core tight. Maybe we need a role for her off the pitch, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure running with one leg. Linesman? Is such a good idea. Linesman. Yeah, possibly. Hydration assistant. You definitely hop up and down the touchline. Whereabouts is the leg missing? Is it like below the knee? Below the knee? Oh, okay. No, she can play. Poor prosthetic in. That's fine. Wouldn't that just keep coming off every time she's tackled? <laughs> Oh, imagine if you got confused halfway in the tackle and picked the leg up instead of the ball. She could go. She could play some hilarious pranks on like other teams by getting oh, injured with her leg facing the wrong way. If you didn't oh, know that, it would... that would bring a whole new meaning to the phrase "take a knee," wouldn't it? <laughs> she literally just <laughs> take a knee. I haven't got one. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I think Natalie probably deserves to be somewhere around the score, but maybe not on the pitch. And then the other one I found was, she sounds pretty cool as well, Major Catherine Labuschagne. And she was the very first ever female fighter pilot that's flown a supersonic fighter jet. Nice. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking fast reactions, tough as hell, 
very strong neck as well. You have to be, yeah. have a really strong neck to be a fighter pilot. Second row. Second row or front row even. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. I mean, I suppose the other South African that I thought of was Casta Semenya. I don't know if I'm Semenya. pronouncing her surname right. Who was the Olympian. Do you remember there was lots of controversy yeah, yeah, yeah. about her testosterone levels, wasn't there? She's an epic athlete and she, she will have staying power. Good engine. Good Definitely. engine on her. So I reckon she'd make an interesting front five as well. Probably, And also round. it does play nicely into the diversity and inclusion aspect of rugby, doesn't it? Yeah. Because she's had a bad time of it from the athletics community, hasn't she? That yeah, she's- they, were pretty, they were really rough on her. They, like She had to undergo all sorts of, no doubt, very personal and deeply embarrassing things, for, especially for someone of her age, because she's really quite young as well. Yeah. That to be dealing with that when all you want to do is be top of your sport must have been pretty tough. So she's going to be a strong character as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think she'd be a good type. Oh, I five. agree. Good call. Excellent. I was just listening to all these people that I have no idea who you're talking about, so I've had to Google pretty much all of them. I felt like you picked three really difficult countries to start with. Yeah, that was deliberate. Um, yeah, the granted, I was like, I have no idea who any of these people are. He's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. The Greeks had Socrates, Romans had Cicero, the French Descartes, and this is the Shakespeare of grassroots women's rugby. This is where legends are made. Jez says. I don't even know how far cat is. You're in your cupboard, Lee. I'm in my cupboard. Is that a pride flag behind you? It is actually, yes. <laughs> we got it for pride weekend for work, but we never used it. Ah. Oh, and the roads reopened. And the roads re- reopened, yeah. It's really good, right? So for nearly 18 weeks, the road's been shut in front of work. And now it's reopened. We're all really pleased, except I've nearly killed myself about three times. Because I just walk out into the road, presuming that it's still shut. No, no, there's oncoming vehicles from both <laughs> my weapons. I am going to get run over at some point very soon. Nice. That would be quite a sight. Anyway, here we are. It's been an interesting few weeks, it's fair to say, hasn't it? In what Perhaps, respects? <laughs> in, the, in the sense that, like, basically, everyone has had some kind of drama. There's been lots of trauma. Lots of trauma. Even lots, I had some trauma. What's going on, yeah. What was yours? I, I failed miserably at hand rearing a squirrel for the second time. How did you end up with a squirrel? Cat brought it in. Oh, great. This time it was quite a big squirrel. Could you not have just put it on the end of Molly's bed? <laughs> <laughs> squirrel gate yeah, three. Yeah, definitely. No, I just, we tried to hand rear it, which involves basically setting the alarm for every four hours, day and night, to feed it. Milk. What does he even eat? Well, puppy milk. Or not, as a case may be. You milked a puppy? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a bit ah. weird. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, no, you had to basically get this puppy milk formula from the pet shop. Then I had oh. to use a syringe. I imagined you like that, under a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried my hardest, but I'm not quite sure what happened. But I set the alarm, Hoped woke it. up in the middle of the night to feed it, only to find it stiff and cold. Shitting yeah, hell. Not a good one to tell the kids. How long did you rear it for? Only a few days. The last one, I had about 10 days. And then I had a bit of user error and basically drowned it in milk. Have you spoke to a vet? It's you can't. Like, is it even a thing? You can't with squirrels. They're legally obliged to euthanize 
a squirrel, even if they could save it. Same as pigeon, rats with wings. Yeah, basically. I don't know what's up with squirrels. They're suicidal. They're just doing nothing, sitting, playing with their nuts on the grass, and the minute they see a car coming, whoosh, are they mad? Absolutely mad. Why do they dive in front of moving vehicles? It's like a game of chicken. <laughs> Strange. Well, we had one <laughs> just dead in the garden, and it just fell out of the tree. Obviously, just oh got a bit God. cocky. What is it with you and squirrels? Well, we just got a lot of squirrels in the garden. And obviously, we got cats as well. mean it fell because it was dead or it died when it hit the I ground? I think it died when it hit the ground. Quite a big tree, to be fair. So, obviously, mistimed a jump and ended up face down. A bit like you in that rugby match, Sherry, when you were trying to hit that ruck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. I like rucking. Yeah, we like rucking when the ruck's there rather than diving at where the ruck should have been. Yes. That was yeah. a great point of that match. <laughs> was there no people? We landed on, didn't you land on Molly? We dived over someone and landed on top of someone. The rock was there. You took a oh, run yeah. up, took flight, only for the rock to have moved on by the time you landed. Oh, I must have been in the air for a long well, time. Well, it must have been. But you landed oh, flat yeah. bang on top of Molly. We had to peel her out of the oh. mud. Well, as long as I made contact with someone, it's not a complete fail. No. Soft landing, to be fair. If you missed Molly, you'd probably end up with a broken rib. I've only recently come to terms with how much I actually like rooking. It's like really smart. It's took a long time for the penny to drop. Like, God, this is so cool. I can actually hit three people out the way in one go. I love it. <laughs> how many years has that taken, Sherry? I've always done it, but I've never realised how much I love it and how effective it is that whew, they're just gone. <laughs> Jodie came to me after the game and went, oh, my God, did you see that girl? I went, what girl? I didn't know what she was talking about. She goes... That girl ran at you. You literally picked her up and went, no, not today. <laughs> Just threw her to one side. God. She goes, you actually threw her through the air as if to say, no, not today, love, and carried on going. I don't remember that. I must admit, actually, on Friday, watching the crew and Antwitch Magpies versus Keel was quite a sight because obviously uni girls, <laughs> they're not used to playing full ball rugby, are they? And when you took a, a ball off the back of a, a ruck got a bit of a head of steam up. It was quite funny watching the look in their eyes as they realised they had to actually try and take you down somehow. It's like when a train hits the buffers, there's like this moment of compaction. We've got a video and he sent it to me and it like it's there's four of them hanging off me like propellers like that. <laughs> and then eventually the four of them between them get me down. <laughs> But it took four. Reef was very worried on the sidelines, Sherry, because every time you did something, he'd just gone to go for a wee or just gone to get a pint or just talking to someone. Because I'm his camera woman. And he kept missing video. Because I always have him. I go, oh, yeah, that's great, Reef. I'm all the time at every one of your games. I never miss anything. I video every kick, every try. Where are my videos? I always say it to him, thanks for that. Were you even there? What was even funnier was we did a little interview with him pitch side with my dictaphone. Oh, Christ. Um, he didn't realise it was an actual dictaphone. He thought I was just mucking around and was holding a vape in front he of his face. He told me he thought it was a vape, yeah. So he gave us a he full, uncensored, warts and all, true story about what it's like <sighs> what living with Sherry. That? And then once he realised that it was <laughs> actually recording and real, he tried, he tried to, backtrack. to backtrack a little bit. But Too late. Yeah, oh, the God. evidence would be in the next episode. Gonna kill me. <laughs> Reef has a habit of this. He has two different versions of everything. So he told me, oh, my God, that was awesome. Your tackling was so good and blah, blah, blah. And you stole it in the line out. And then he came home and told Martin, I don't know how she didn't get a red card. What's that about? <laughs> you what? could have been, uh, equally been both situations at once, Sherry. Did I warrant a red no. card, do you think? No, there was one like slightly high tackle. 
accidental. It was more accidental and more, I think, partly <laughs> the player's fault rather than you. And you did attempt to lower your tackle height, but she was about My three foot tall happen. versus your five foot ten. So exactly, it was never going to happen, really, was it? Exactly. I don't know what it is. I just tend to do this to people. Yeah, you know how you would like work in the door and you'd throw someone out like that? I just do that to people. It's not even a handoff. I just grab them by the two buttons and throw them. I don't know what it's all about. It's only after I've done it I realise, oh shit, I've just done that again. It's probably not the most effective way of doing either, to be fair, is it? You get hold of actual body. Yeah, instead of just like handing them off and pushing them down, I tend to just lift them up and throw them to the left or right. So big question, Sherry. Have you started your new job yet? No, I'm still doing the training. It's ridiculous. This is this must be why the NHS is on its arse. If every role is like this, so it's like five full days of training, you would think you would at least get the five days over a couple of weeks. I got the job in August and I've only done four days of training. The fifth day is on November the 7th. And I know loads of people that have applied for a similar role who aren't already employed. I am, so it's fine. So I can just say to my work, I need that day off to go and do a training day for the other job. People who aren't employed, who've got the job, need to be earning money. So you can't wait three months, can you, to start the job? No. But this just tends to be how it is. I had to go to a different department this week and, you know, where they check you've had your vaccinations when you were younger and all that and you're healthy to work in that environment. She said the system is an absolute joke. We have that many people who apply, who get the job, who then find another job because they can't wait to start. So something's not right there, is it? No, that's not good, but... Not good at all. Not good at all. So, you know, I'm plodding on, doing me other job, and then just taking a day off to do the training about once every three weeks. So Lou was getting a little bit tempted to get her boots on from Friday. Oh, Lou, A few Lou, people in on. her ear saying, go on, you can do 10 minutes out there. Get them on on Sunday. It's Chester, for God's sake. Mm. The home. <laughs> Who doesn't want to play Chester at home? Home. <laughs> 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 Oh, <laughs> can I get fit in three days for rugby? Hmm, interesting. I think you are fit. You're as fit as your mind allows you to be. Tell yourself you're fit and you're fit. As fit as my bloody body allows me to be, and that's not very. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. Have a can of Red Bull and a couple of uh, ibuprofen. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. A can of Red Bull, some Barocca, some you, ibuprofen. You won't regret it until Monday. Put some Bongella in your cycling shorts. Mm. <laughs> I'll probably support in my usual way from the side. Coming down the to watch then. No, with definitely it, coming down to watch that with one. Some stolen beer from Batty. Mm. So what's interesting is, like, you know how we have certain rivalries. Do you reckon mm-hmm. the rivalries felt at their end as well, or do oh, they just 100%. think? Yeah, it's got to yeah, be absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like the local derby. Really, are they the nearest team? Women's team? Yeah, to it must us? be now. Yeah. It's a completely different team, though. It is, honestly. I see them training. It's not, not all the people it used to be when we used to play them all the time. It's completely different. Coach is different. The players are different. You probably won't recognise anyone. I don't know why. I don't know what's happened, but it's just not the team it used to be. I don't mean, like, talent-wise. I don't really know anything about it, but it's just not. We used to know who we were going to play, didn't we? Now it's not really any of those people. Paul McCartney still playing. I don't know what. Yeah, I think so. And, and Yoko Ono. broke my ACL on purpose. Yeah. I broke my ribs there and got a yellow card. I think the rivalry all I've started from their coach, because I always thought their players were, were right, you know, in the main. Yeah, they but are. it was their coach, wasn't it? He was a pain in the ass. Well, it isn't that coach anymore. I've seen you move to prop, Sherry. So, yeah. 
Well, no, I flip between the two. Yeah. I just slot in where I'm needed because I'm very versatile, as you know. You were number eight on Friday. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Turns out I'm a natural eight. Didn't even know it. Did you know you were playing number eight when you were doing it? Yes. Well, no, during it, I was just literally doing what I always do. I saw you pick the but ball I up did, at the base at one point. Yeah, because they went uncontested. Oh. So there was one was time when I was going to pick and go straight, yeah, for the try line. But then we actually lost that scrum. I was gutted. How did you lose a scrum when it's uncontested? That was before it went uncontested. And we were quite near the, the try line. I could see the winger and she was tiny. She was like a cocktail stick. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do here. Pick and go straight through her score. We didn't win the scrum. <laughs> so that went to shit. But then, did you see me steal the ball at the front of the line out? We scored from I that. I did see that, yeah. Yeah, That's that was good. awesome. Another one of my spectacular moves, signature. I must say, I did enjoy your catch from a restart. That was a Oh, beaut. my God, that was that awesome. Was absolute beaut. Like, literally, didn't even try and catch it into your body. Just two hands in the basket, a bit like a basketball. There was no one that I dropped and I was gutted. But I had the, the floodlights blasted in my eyes. And you know when a ball spins like that mm. endways? There was just no way. And I was gutted. I hate it when I drop them, but I did make up for it by catching the other yeah, three. It was pretty good. So, that. you know, this is when, when Reef needs to be videoing. It's those awesome moments. But no, he doesn't get any of that. Doesn't get me stealing it in the line out. Doesn't get me picking and going. He gets a bit where the referee say, I'm very disappointed in you, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid well, that's the yellow card. Where, oh, yeah, that was Vipond. Pond. What's she all about? She took me to one side and told me to stop handing off with my elbow. <laughs> what? Classic Vipond, OCD. I don't even think I did it. <laughs> Look, Sherry, you know, I know you struggle, but can you stop handing off with your elbow? What? <laughs> really? She clearly got me mixed up with someone else, but I just, you know, I took one for the team. I didn't say it wasn't me. I just said, oh, what? <laughs> okay. I don't remember that. No, she told me I was handing off with my elbow. <laughs> Must have been the mud or perhaps slipped. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Slipped up. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Well, somebody like, ran and oh, tried no. to tackle you too high and just headbutted your elbow. Hey, I don't know, but she took me to one side and said, look, I'm not going to make a big deal of yeah. it, but could you stop handing off with your elbow? Speaking of which, Jodie's got a bit of a bump on her head, hasn't she? Bloody hell. What even happened? I wasn't there on Sunday. I was at the other sport. Head on head. Oh, my God. Yeah. How's the other head? I dread to think, actually, because I don't think Jodie really no- even noticed anything had happened until she ended up getting blood all out her face. It was pretty severe from the picture I saw. She was smiling, though. Do you know what I mean? There was yeah. no tears. This is the second time we've had to talk about Jodie's massive gash on the podcast, though. Oh, it's it's taking over. It it's is. everywhere. One wasn't enough for her. She's now got two. <laughs> A bit greedy. <laughs> Inter-team relationships. Well, I'm all right. I don't need to worry. But as a player in a team, are you aware of all these? When I was coaching, right, Not I really. never knew about any of it until a player would leave or there'd be a massive bust up. Yeah, there is that as well. And it all kicks yeah. off and then you get told, oh, yeah, they were seeing each other for six months, really? I must go around with my Yeah, shirt. exactly. I never noticed any of it until after the event and it was too late. I don't generally know who's straight and who isn't. That's how far away from it I am. I don't even know if the person in question is going to be with a male or female or both. <laughs> but do they flip between the two so regularly, don't they? I mean, some people start off straight and end up gay the other way around. You just haven't got so a very good gaydar, have you, Shez? No, I haven't, obviously. I'm like, really? Are they? Have they? About six months after everyone knew, I must literally walk around in the changing rooms with my eyes shut, which is probably wise. <laughs> yes, probably wise. Probably very yes, wise. Just- you keep being you, Sherry. That's absolutely fine yeah, to everyone. 
<laughs> just keep being me. <laughs> the question I've got, right? So in businesses, sometimes they have rules, don't they? About you're not allowed to have relationships in, the, you know, with members of your your team or within the same business. Yeah, I think it's like that at schools and that thing. Is it? You know, teachers aren't meant to be in relationships and stuff. So you know, with the kids. No, with each other, you pillow. <laughs> no, well, obviously with the kids, that's even weirder. <laughs> Do you think that should be part of the the kind of team code of conduct? Well, no biting, no eye gouging, no barracking refs, and then also no touching each other up. No heavy petting. No heavy petting. No bombing. <laughs> no fingering in the changing rooms. No diving in the shallow end. <laughs> no fingering at the bottom of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> We also heard the story on Friday night about one of the players who will remain nameless that has managed to complete the trilogy of shagging somebody from every one of the men's team, excluding the vets, I may add. Nope, you're still clueless, aren't you, Sherry? <laughs> you, can't you mean anything. ones, twos and threes? Yeah. It's got to be Polly. No. I can't oh, confirm or deny it, even if you do come up with the right name. Is it a player that's playing now or a was player? Playing now. See, absolutely not a clue. You do actually go around with rice, <laughs> well, don't you, Sherry? That's the first I heard of it as well, to be fair. I'm not being funny. Is it Debs? Debs? Oh. <laughs> yeah. She gets a bit feisty when she's... Well, when she gets them stockings on, anything could happen. <laughs> it's more about getting the stockings off than on. I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen somebody so intense to keep their stockings on in my life. Somebody who's playing first team this week could be playing third team next week and second the week after. So that's easily doable because it could be the same person. No, it's not the same person, no. But that, yeah, that is true. Yeah, you get dropped to the second team. Yeah. I will find out. Yeah. Polly will tell me tonight. <laughs> Oh, God, right. So everyone is it you, Lou? know. No. Is it you? <laughs> it's me, yeah. <laughs> the question I've got, though, is, is that kind of thing, with, you know, obviously it's inevitable within a club environment and particularly with a club the size of ours with, when there's so many different people knocking around. It can have a fairly detrimental effect to the team dynamic, can't it? Well, yeah. You mean like just a crazy night or an actual relationship? I think a bit of both. Because the thing is, it's the secret relationships are the, are the dangerous ones, aren't they? Yeah. Because you think everything's plain sailing. You've absolutely no clue what's going on. And then everything just And then it just up. all goes to shit. Yeah. yeah well, this it is really right weird, off. actually, because I am seeing a Sherry who's been, obviously been silenced about not talking about something before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen you like this, Sherry. You're like, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, mm. No, Sherry's just thinking, oh, yeah. shit, they're on to me. <laughs> they're yeah. on to me. Who the hell told you that I'm working with way through the yeah. team? How on oh, earth? No. <laughs> Not tell Martin. Yeah, exactly. We all know what cooking is. Oh, that was bad enough last week when time. I was like, Sherry Hill on the team sheet, and he go, sent me a message saying, is there something you want to tell me? They've gone back to my maiden name. We've only been married for 19 <laughs> years. I said, oh, my God, I've not even seen it myself. <laughs> Apparently, it was Annabelle. I don't think she spelled anyone's name right. No, she no, didn't. She had one job. Very strange. And f- she had one job. Yeah. And it was to take a photo at the end of the game, and she disappeared. <laughs> she missed the photo, the media shot. We were talking on the podcast recording last night that the French team, over in New Zealand at the minute. They've taken two scrum halves over to New Zealand for the World Cup, right? And they're both married. Now that would be, as in they married to each other, together. now that would be a bit of a head fuck, wouldn't it? If you think about it, you more than anything else want to play in, in the starting 15 and you're being and pushed. your wife gets Your wife is pushing you for that place. 
imagine the dynamic of that when you go to training and the whole idea is that you're trying to win your place and you're having to do that against somebody you're married to. Okay. No. A lot of tension, a lot of stress. Yeah. Maybe they like it. Maybe they get on. You know, maybe they're like, we it's hope okay. they get on. They can have like ice baths together and stuff and like do each other's tape. I wondered what you're going to say then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just heard that. Uh, <laughs> Bit much, Batty. Bit too far. That's your brain going too far, not my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jodie's got to miss two games now, apparently. Yeah, she has. That's what she said on the group. So she's got to miss Chester and what's the one she after has. that? I don't even it's know. It's definitely helping her chance of winning that bet, though, isn't it? What is the bet? The bet. I keep hearing about the bet, but I don't know what the bet so is. The bet is that she has bet Katie that she can go to the end of the year, so December the 31st, without having sex. Don't let me go there again. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, oh, no, not this again, no. Yeah, can we, like, decipher? So what is she not allowed to do and allowed to do? Have sex. I still can't get the straight answer to this question. <laughs> You're not going to get a straight answer to the it's question. Not straight answer, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have that conversation with Jodie to decide what constitutes. Yeah, can we get yeah. her on on the next There's quite a lot riding on it, basically. So if Jodie manages to put Riding it on it? <laughs> That's surely the bet off. <laughs> Christ! So she step too far yeah. again. So she pulls it off. Oh God! Well, she pulls it off. off. Pulls it off. Straps it on. Good God! <laughs> Lovely. Uh, yeah, if she manages to get to the end of the year without, then um, Katie has to do a full pitch streak for full oh, bats Christ. and flaps at. Birkenhead away, first away game after Christmas. What, while people are there? Yeah. Or after the, it empties? No. That is too much. You reckon? She's going to obviously be throwing people in Jodie's direction. <laughs> Anyone no, will do. got no boobs anyway, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is if Jodie manages it. The problem is, it all relies on trust. Do you really yeah. think Jodie's going to fess up? Could go either way. It could go in her favour. Yeah. So either way, one of them's going to be doing the full strip. Getting it. At Birkenhead. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I, but I personally don't That's think either of them will do it. I think this is like, yeah, all, all big chat when it comes to it. Unless it's pitch black, which it could be, I suppose, that time of year. <laughs> yeah. But we shall see. Anyway, just to go, Lee. I do. Sorry. I need to go and yeah, well, I've got to go in a minute. I need to make room with something to eat before she goes to the cinema and she's leaving in 10. Right. Before you go, Shaz, we had a chat with Reef on, on Friday about his driving test run-through with Martin on Saturday morning at 6am. How did that go? don't know. They've not told me anything about it. You're still it. talking to each other. It's a bit frosty. <laughs> They're both alive. <laughs> Reef's now booked some professional lessons, lots of them. So that's the way it went. The very next day, he's booked two hours every other day for a few weeks or something. So that, that's the kind of way it went. You had the desired effect. Oh dear. Do we think it yeah. possibly didn't go terribly well? <laughs> well, he's going to be learning with a pro now. He's willing to pay through the teeth right. to live. <laughs> this is Molly's Grassroots Salute. Yeah, Grassroots Salute. 
kindly um, donated to me by a, a fond friend of mine with a really big gash. So thanks, Jode. <laughs> so we're going to give our grassroots salute to Eccles Rugby Club. And the reason we're going to give it to them is because they've invested in some amazing shorts, which are white to fit with their kit, the white and blue. But they've got a, I don't want to call it a slit. Got it. Okay, they've got white shorts and I don't want to call it a slit because I feel that that's the wrong choice of word. Gusset? But they've got gusset. I couldn't get that in my speech on Sunday. Yeah, it's got like a black inner lining in the crotch area so that obviously if a girl was to be on the menstrual cycle and accidentally leaked in white shorts, it wouldn't be visible to anyone that only they would know. But I just think, obviously, you know, we've spoken about the fact that we were going to have to have white shorts and our club were very nice and said, no, you can wear black. Potentially, if we'd have thought of this option, maybe we would have gone with this. So it wasn't as obvious. But yeah, I just think it's a really good idea. And I don't know who produced them, like who manufactured them, but I think it's a great idea for clubs that need white shorts. And then they've topped it off by getting the men to wear the same. And the men have posted on Instagram with their asses, you know, checking the shorts out, giving us a cheeky little uh, picture for us all to look at of them wearing the same shorts as the women. So I just think it's a really nice gesture by everyone and it kind of gives that equality across the club, really. Nice. So well done. Yeah. Well done, Eccles. Knock on, knock off. Knock on, knock off. Yes. So after the awful little uh, bit we had last episode of me apologising, this time I don't need to apologise because I spent hours double checking this one. So it should be okay. Before we start this, right. So a mutual friend of ours, Mark, who's also a referee, incidentally, listened to the last episode and he sent me a message afterwards saying, Jodie needs to look at her non-English players. Laura Cates, Bahrain. Um, What about Tatian Hurd? It's also from Italy and Infanti. She's from South Africa. Oh, for fuck's sake, leave me alone. No, you're lying. Oh, I need to do more research. Oh, this is just a shit show. This not going that bad. Yeah. Don't base your knowledge of rugby on what I'm about to tell you. It's probably wrong. It's also a head-to-head goose for matters Ooh, in this one. this is interesting. Because Molly's had to shoot. Lou's had to shoot. It's head-to-head. Me v. Goose. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be one definite winner then. I have seven questions. Can you guess with the uh, women's... Rugby World Cup being based in New Zealand. Can you guess which country I've based my questions on? That's correct, Kazakhstan. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a dick. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't don't even know where Kazakhstan is. Somewhere. I saw it. In the USSR (laughs) area. So there's a little bit of a theme running through this. You'll probably be able to pick it up along the way. If you don't get it from the first one, you'll get it from the second one. Is there a team in New Zealand... (laughs) called saracens knock on knock on knock on you both get a point there there is a team called saracens they are based in north canterbury and they were formed in 2006 nice is there a team in new zealand called chiefs yes knock on knock on Knock on, both correct again. They're called the Gallagher Chiefs, yep. 1996 they were formed and they play within the Super Rugby competition um, based from Hamilton. Is anyone guessing what the theme is yet? New Zealand? (laughs) New Zealand? There's there's a theme. No? Okay. Next question. Is there a team called Sale? Oh, hang on. They're all English clubs, but in New Zealand. Yes! English clubs, but in New Zealand. Ah, like what you've done there, Jodie. I'm figuring out the theme. (laughs) Uh, I'll give you a half. 
cheeky half. It's my rules, Matt. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just live knock by them. Off. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say knock, knock off. Knock off. What do you say, Goose? Knock off. Knock off. Both are knock off. Yes, correct. There is not a team in New Zealand called Sale. Is there a team in New Zealand called Bath? Ooh. Knock off. Mm, knock off. Knock off. Okay, doing well, girls. Boy. <laughs> Misgendering. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so you saying, well done, girls. No, there is not a team. Is there a team called Bristol within New Zealand? Bristol. Ooh. Mm, Bristol. Oh, I do want to point out it has to be like a team team. If it's like a university team with the name, <laughs> a team. it's not a team. A you know team. what I mean? You see what I'm getting at? Like a pro so team. I'd say, like a club does Keel have a team? Keel University has a team, but there's no club called Keel. Okay, sure. I'm going to say knock off. I'm going to say knock off. Knock on to Matt, knock, on to, knock off to Luce. Luce, you get the point. Woo! He pulls into the lead. Two questions left. Point and a half in it. Harlequins. Is there a team in New Zealand called the Harlequins? Knock off. Knock off. Oh, no points to you. Oh. So Harlequins oh. is a team in New Zealand. They were formed in 1938, also based in Hamilton, and in 2018 they formed a women's rugby team. Oh, get on. Well done, Harlequins. Final question. You can't win it now, Matt, because you lost that half a point. <laughs> Wasps. Wasps. Is Wasps a real rugby team in New Zealand? Knock on, knock off. Knock off. Gonna go for broke, knock on. Knock on. Oh, so it's just half point in it, because Matt has just got that one correct. Oh. Wasps is a real yes. team. They're based in Rutora in the Northern Island of New Zealand. So Goose wins by a half point that you just invented. That's how we roll. Because Goose asked you for an extra point. Matt, the scoring system in this game is not Monopoly. I haven't got a rules list on where it comes from. (laughs) I make it up as I go along much. Isn't that how everyone plays Monopoly anyway? (laughs) Isn't that two in a row? No, it drew last time. Goose on fire. Actually, this is quite topical because you two were both coaches for the first time on Friday. Well, in, in, in the loosest sense of the word, yes. <laughs> so what phrases did you find yourself saying that in retrospect you think, why the hell am I saying that? Robert? I don't think all of them are like, why the hell am I saying that? But you do notice some things that are being said that are positive, but everyone just says them. I said it. I remember Josh saying it on Sunday. Remember this feeling. <laughs> whenever you win a game the coach will always say remember this feeling bottle that yeah, feeling remember this feeling remember how this feels yeah I can't remember what I ate for breakfast let alone how I felt on Sunday after we won the game but no bloody chance of recalling that and so you're basically feeling Jodie that there's blood pouring down your face and into your eyes no I only recall it because pounding Annabelle had recorded something on the story on the Instagram story so I listened to it back I don't remember it actually being said but because it was recorded evidence, it clocked onto what I said on Friday as well. It's like, remember this feeling. So here's a question then. Have you ever, before a game, gone back into that memory bank and retrieved that little nugget of a feeling of winning or losing a match and used it to give yourself positive energy or no, no. motivation? No, actually, no. I've, I've never remembered that feeling. There's too much other shit going on before <laughs> a game to start digging back into the old grey matter as to what I felt like. Six weeks ago when we actually won a game. I've got too much other shit going on in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, have yeah. I packed both socks? Has the dog stolen a knee pad? Did I remember to pack yeah, clean underwear for after the yeah. game? All of that sort of shit that goes on in my head. 
So no point if you thought, oh, what was that feeling from last time? Just give me a second. Let's go. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> the, the vault in my memory bank and dig it no. out. And then, oh, there it is. That nice feeling of euphoria. I'm now going to somehow reinvent it. The only feeling I generally remember when I rock up to play rugby is the feeling of impending doom of why the fuck am I still doing this? So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. the only feeling that I tend to remember. Yeah. <laughs> A feeling of shame and embarrassment yes. as you yet again waddled your way to, yeah. the, to the next one. Remember ride. that feeling. Yeah, remember that feeling of humiliation as the crowd heckle yeah. you. <laughs> a lot of heckling on Friday night. I think you were part of the heckle group, Batty. I was trying to take a kick. I was heckling the rat got, more than anybody else. Yeah, but that's because it was Vipond. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right, okay, mini grassroots salute Oh, to God, Lauren. yeah. So, Laura Vipond, brilliant to see her back. So, Lauren's a was a player. She was a referee. She's only recently had a baby, and it was the very that. first time she'd been out doing any form of exercise, and she helped us out on Friday to referee the game. Did a great job in front of a, a fairly partisan and boozy crowd. Yeah. And yeah, fair play. I really enjoyed watching the refereeing. It was good Did fun. Did you notice her attire on her arrival? No. I didn't She was know. wearing a crew and twitch top and keel trousers. Ah, nice. Yeah, very uh, unbiased. That's nice. It was actually a keel top, Jodie. Oh, was it the way around? It's in the boot of my car. It's a crew trousers <laughs> and a keel top. By the way, that's pretty impartial. And a Worcester, a Worcester shirt, playing shirt as a, a nod to the fall, Fallen. The shit my coach says, bottle that feeling. You know, it's a bit of a go-to, though, as a coach, isn't it, when you want people to sort of feel good after the match. But it is actually utter bollocks. Yes. I'm not sure what a better expression might be. Imagine you've won the lottery. Imagine you've like that that feeling. Imagine you're yeah. sat on the sofa yeah. at home eating a pie, not hearing yeah. the rain. Well, you're all shit. They were just shitter than yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goose's Gossip, anything to report? Yeah, so I reached out to the rugby community this weekend for some goose's gossip whilst I was sat in hospital with Jodie waiting for her gash to be stuck back together again. <laughs> Not for the first Not time. <laughs> Won't be the last time. Uh, <laughs> I just hope somebody else supervises her next time instead of me. Reached out to the rugby community to a friend who shall remain nameless at another club who sent me a video of their coach who was trying to teach their players how to dive when scoring a try because we've all seen it you know the ash splash everybody all these professionals they look amazing as they dive the line and what he actually did was as he dove onto the tackle pads that they put out he shoulder checked their captain and sent her flying no. sent her absolutely flying to the floor to the point that i understand she struggled with an injury ever since so i have video proof that I can probably get permission to share. In fact, I can share it because it's already on TikTok. So I can put that little bit of juicy gossip out and that coach maybe needs to double think how he's coaching because he's clearly far too excited about scoring. Yeah. Because he, he took her Co- right off her feet. player contact. Took her right off her feet. It was quite funny to watch. It cheered Jodie up. Actually, it added probably an extra centimetre to the gash in her head because she laughed at that point. That was a good bit of gossip. And then a bit of gossip from the weekend is that I have somebody's bra from the game in the boot of my car. Nice. And it's not Jodie's and it's not mine. Do you want a backstory or are you just going to like leave it there? Just and leave that <laughs> question. Oh, so one of the players who shall again remain nameless because it's gossip and we don't like to name people had to change their bra during the course of the match because their bra split 
and couldn't get put back together again. So he went and hid behind the dugout. It's one of those front fastened I don't ones, know. Yeah. I wasn't close enough yeah, to it the was. situation. Jody knows. Well, I saw was them it? getting changed prior to the game. Oh. <laughs> and they were like... Did you see, see them on the video you took secretly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hidden camera. They were <laughs> doing it up and it was like <laughs> clinging on for dear life. I'm like, mm, don't know if that's going to hold. 20 minutes in, did not hold. Didn't, didn't hold. So she went behind the dugout at Manchester to change her bra for a supporter's bra who would come to watch. And somehow Excellent. the broken bra has ended up in the boot of my car. I'm not really sure how it got there, but there it is. I think we need a picture of it. Oh, yeah. For, I'll take the, a picture um, of it for you so that you can see. I'll find something to model it on. Put it on one of your dogs or something. <laughs> Put it on a chicken. See if a chicken can wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of chickens. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, there's the gossip. Takes one for the face. Catches first, preferably, and then the drive. Oh, full in the face. Look at this. Very definition of taking one for the team. Oh, my God. That is extraordinary. But the kick lands on the head, and offside is accidental. This is Every Team's Got One. Yeah, I think this one's been overlooked a little bit just because how insidious this issue is within our team. So every team has one, but we've got about 20. And it shouldn't be the case. It's wrong on so many levels. And I think it's become acceptable and it shouldn't. It's the croc wearers. Oh, you know, yes, Jamie. I'm a committed croc wearer. Yeah, exactly. Every team has one. We have about 20. I saw a picture recently. We had a friendly game a couple of months back and everybody was wearing crocs. It's not right. Crocs you can wear for certain situations, not at rugby. They're not a fashion item you should be wearing at rugby. It's not right. Sliders, I can get away with. That's fine. Sliders are practical. You can wear them in the shower and easy to slip on and off. Crocs, no. And I feel like they should be banned. But there's always at least one person in a team, like yourself, Matt, who will argue the toss that it's okay to wear Crocs. So I'm partly going to agree with you partly going to disagree with you. So I went to a cricket match a couple of months back wearing Crocs because it's the obvious thing to wear because I'm not going to wear my cricket spikes in the car, am I, on the way to the game? So Crocs are nice and easy, slip them on, slip them off. And they're also really comfortable for after the match if your feet are a bit sore. I turned up with these Crocs and uh, <laughs> one guy looked over to me and said, Matt, why are you wearing Crocs? I was like, well, because they're really comfortable. And he said, Matt, wearing Crocs is a bit like getting a blowjob off a mat. <laughs> it feels great until you look down. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I wear my Crocs now, I'm thinking, yeah, got a point. See, oh, I love it. That is brilliant. I'm going to use that phrase <laughs> whenever I see somebody in Crocs. Exactly. Right, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Salute to that oh, man yeah. who made that insult to you. He's a yeah. legend. Yeah, comment, George. He's a legend. But he's also just jealous because he wants my Crocs. Did you wear yeah. them ever again at the cricket? Of course I did. I wore them with pride. <laughs> pride flag <laughs> that's a weird way of coming out isn't it just keep turning back up in your crocs yeah 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 it's like a euphemism yes he's a bit of a croc <laughs> oh you make my gash hurt oh, oh. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to grassroots we hope you've enjoyed this feature length episode as always, please like, share and comment, particularly on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to come on for a chat, please message us at grassrootswomen at hotmail.com. There's an inevitable conclusion to this. A brilliant finish. This was Grassroots, 
Women's Rugby on the Roots Up.